Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast at Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thanks very much for doing so. As usual, we are brought to you both by Life's First Naturals, that's lifesfirstnaturals.com, and the greatagereboot.com. The Life's First Naturals are the makers of both probiotics, Truebiotics is their brand, and of bovine colostrum, both of which I use regularly. You'll want to go to the website, lifesfirstnaturals.com, to find out about it. And remember, on 1135A, we're going to talk to you about how to get the Reboot Your Age app, not for 10 days, but for three months free, if you're one of the first 1,000 to sign up. That's Reboot Your Age app. But today we are talking, and this is 1133B, the B's are always great guests, the A's, the latest medical news of the week. But we are, as I introduced, Robin Chutkin. She's an integrative gastroenterologist. She's the author of the books, Gut Bliss, The Microbiome Solution, and The Bloat Cure, C-U-R-E. She received her bachelor's from Yale University, medical degree from Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York. And she's been on the faculty at Georgetown University Hospital in Washington, D.C. since 1997. And this, I think, is at least the third time we've had her on. She's a great guest. Thanks very much, Robin, for coming back and being on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, tell me about, we all know there are bacteria in the gut, um, and we call it the microbiome, and we're supposed to have, I think it is, something like 10 million, 10 trillion bacteria in our gut. Maybe more than that, you'll tell me. Do we have that many viruses, and what's the susceptibility to virus, and how does our stomach acid work on this? Give us a little primer. Yeah, all great questions. So it turns out we have about 100 trillion organisms, not just bacteria, but viruses, fungal organisms, parasites, protozoa, those little one cell organisms. We have this whole ecosystem in our gut. And, you know, we've known about these microbes since about the 1600s when Anthony von Leeuwenhoek first looked at his own dental plaque under the microscope and saw what he described as little animalcules. But it's literally, Michael, taken us about 400 years to figure out that these organisms are primarily our friends, not our foes, and that they are there to help us. So we have tons of bacteria, but we have even more viruses. So to put it in perspective, we have about 380 trillion viruses in our body. So we have about 10 times as many bacterial cells as human cells, and then 10 times as many viruses as bacteria, more than stars in the universe. And they're not just in your body. They are from, you know, the Sahara Desert to the oceans. There are more than a million viruses in a single drop of seawater. And just like with bacteria, where we sort of miss the boat and we think bacteria are bad and they cause disease, and that can be true some of the time, 
there are lots of viruses that are actually good for us. About 10% of our DNA is made from viral particles, and they do important things. They encode memory. They're involved in making placental proteins. So, you know, we have to reframe how we think about viruses, and we definitely have to reframe our approach to viruses if we're trying to stay healthy. Now, we've been taught, in fact, one of the sponsors sells a probiotic um, that has two strains of bacteria in it. Do you think we're going to see, um, and maybe there are already probiotics or proviral, I don't know what you'd call them, provirotics um, that are good for us, um, just like some of the probiotics are, um, will we see them? And, and, and if we swallow, and, and I've got a second, if you will, corollary. So it's key in probiotics that you actually get a large enough um, group of them that are immune to stomach acid that you actually get some benefit in your um, gut. Is that true of viruses? Are most of them killed by our stomach acid? Or what happens with the viruses? When I swallow some seawater, you said there were a ton of viruses in some seawater. When I swallow that, when I go swimming, does my gut uh, kill most of them? Does my gut acid kill most of them? I'm so glad you asked about stomach acid, Michael, because most people think of the gut as a digestive organ, and it's definitely that. But most people don't realize that it's also a defensive organ. So some of your most important host defenses are located in your gut. And stomach acid is one of those super important host defenses. Stomach acid unravels, it denatures viral protein. So if you have intact stomach acid, which almost everybody will if you're not taking an acid-blocking drug like a proton pump inhibitor, if you have intact stomach acid, that is going to increase the likelihood that you're going to be able to resist infection by that virus. And in fact, this was a 2020 study that was published here in the U.S., 53,000 people. It was a population-based study. And they found that people who were taking proton pump inhibitors, so I'm not talking about histamine blockers, I'm not talking about antacids, I'm talking about proton pump inhibitors like Nexium, uh, Omeprazole, Prevacid, Protonics, Asafex, those very potent blockers. People taking them once a day were twice as likely to test positive for COVID, and people taking them twice a day had a three- to four-fold increased risk. And so as a gastroenterologist, that's very obvious to me, of course, if you don't have stomach acid, when the virus gets in through the mouth, and of course, there are more ACE2 receptors, the receptors that bind SARS-CoV-2, there are more of them in the GI tract than they are actually in the lungs. So the gut is a very common way for the virus to get into the body. So as a gastroenterologist, that was pretty apparent to me, but I can see how most people wouldn't make the connection between stomach acid, presence or absence of stomach acid and being susceptible to viruses. So this is, you know, this is part of the reason why I wrote this book, to really help people connect the dots. So that is the issue that, yes, stomach acid, really, really important. And it's not just viruses it can protect you from. It can protect you from bacterial pathogens, too. Any pathogen that gains entry to the body through the stomach, if you are not have adequate levels of stomach acid because you're blocking your stomach acid, to treat your reflux, you're also making yourself more susceptible. So I'm so glad you mentioned it. It's a really important point. The other point about the probiotics is you're right again there in the sense that, yes, a lot of these bacteria are not going to make it 
through the stomach acid. But here's the other thing. The idea that you can just go and take a probiotic and fix the problem, it's a very, very, very difficult process to really repopulate the gut in a meaningful way to get regrowth and recolonization. And it's certainly more complicated than just taking a probiotic. You have to think about what you're feeding those bacteria because those bacteria are going to die pretty quickly and you're going to poop them out. So if you are not eating the right kind of diet to really sustain regrowth and colonization, you're not really doing anything with that probiotic. So, you know, if you're taking a probiotic and you're on a Cheeto and cheeseburger diet, you're not going to get very far. It is, we really have to pay attention to the bacteria that are already in our gut and how we're feeding them in addition to what we may be taking externally, but really that diet, because remember, we're not just feeding ourselves, we're feeding our gut bacteria. The diet is really, really critical. And I think I've learned about we're feeding the bacteria so much because when you have red meat, when you have lesser than choline or carnitine and saturated fat, you actually change the gene functioning of your bacteria And so I learned that you're really feeding that. And do we feed viruses too, or do the viruses eat off the bacteria? How does does this work? Because viruses can't live uh, without attacking a cell, right? That's right. The viruses are sort of, you know, deanimated, if you will, inanimate. And they're floating around. And in order to replicate and sort of animate, come to life, they have to infect a living cell, animal, plant, bacterial. And what's really cool is we have these bacteria in our body that actually also attack viruses and keep the viral population in check. And so that's, you know, sort of a really cool interaction. But yes, viruses can also infect bacterial cells. And, you know, the the important thing, people get very hung up on good versus bad bacteria, good versus bad viruses. Balance is what's really the key here. Just as in a classroom, you don't need 30 nerds, but you don't want to have 30 bullies either, right? You want to balance between the very nerdy students, the athletic students, the more aggressive students, the musical students, etc. You want diversity and you want balance, and that's what you want in the microbiome. We don't want monoculture of any sort of one bacterial crop. We want diversity, and we know that diversity in the microbiome is linked to better health, and it is strongly linked to the diet. So there's a really important study from the group, the American Gut Project, from that nonprofit that came out in 2018 that showed that the single most important factor for creating a diverse and robust microbiome was eating a diverse and robust diet in terms of plant foods, and the magic number was 30 So if you were eating 30 or more different plant foods per week, you had a much healthier microbiome than people who were eating 10 or fewer. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, herbs, spices, it's not that hard. Now, if you are eating the same thing, you know, a lot of my patients tell me, oh, doc, I eat tons of vegetables, but they're eating the same peas, carrots, and broccoli in heavy rotation. And this is why it's such a good idea to eat seasonally, to get out of the supermarket, get to the farmer's market, and see what's growing. You will definitely eat different things based on what's available in the different seasons and so on. But again, don't forget those small but important contributions like the herbs and the spices. Okay, now let's go back and talk about um, the viruses 
and how we're training our um, gut. So one of the ways we train it is by having a variety of fruits and vegetables. Is that right? That's right. And 30, is, is 30 the key number for, uh, for training our, gut, the, our antiviral gut? It absolutely is because what we know is that the health of the microbiome is very closely tied to our immune system and our ability to mount what I like to call the Goldilocks immune response just right, not an overactive immune response where you're destroying normal healthy tissue in the process, not an underactive immune response where it's not, it's not sort of vigorous enough to clear the virus. So you want to get that just right immune response. And it turns out that the gut bacteria are very, very intimately involved in regulating our immune system. And they're just on the other side of the gut lining from all the immune cells. You've got the immune processes on one side, the bacteria on the other, and they're separated by a lining that's just one cell thick. And the gut bacteria are literally sort of guiding the immune processes. They're telling them when to react, when to stand down, etc. You know, this one's a really scary virus, mount a big response. This one's benign. You can ignore it. So you can start to see that when your microbiome is imbalanced and you don't have enough of the healthy species, you're going to get an abnormal immune response. That's amazing. So our bacteria interact with our virus, with the viruses we are exposed to, to help or not help, and even guide our immune response. Exactly. And to give you a very real example, if you think about a virus like rotavirus, it's a very contagious virus, causes a diarrheal illness that you know is, we primarily see in kids. And rotavirus kills about half a million children each year, globally. And we should say there is a vaccine against it. Yes, this is true. But if you take proteins from specific gut bacteria and you inject them into mice suffering from rotavirus, they halt the infection. And here is the even more interesting thing. We see five times higher rates of rotavirus and way more severe infection in children who have recently been treated with antibiotics and are missing a lot of those crucial protective bacteria. So while vaccines are very important, we also need to think about how are we using antibiotics and are we being good stewards of antibiotics? Are we giving our kid antibiotics when they don't really need it for a self-limited mild infection or for a viral infection? And then lo and behold, they get exposed to rotavirus and now they're much sicker because their, their bacterial soldiers have been killed off. So really important to recognize the importance of things like stomach acid, the gut bacteria, even the gut lining. We want an intact gut lining to keep viruses from penetrating through into our body. If we're taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, ibuprofen-type drugs all the time, we are damaging that gut lining. So it's, you know, it's important to think not just about the things we should be doing, like vaccines and so on, but the things we shouldn't be doing, like being more judicious with these pharmaceuticals. You can tell this is an interesting subject. We've even gone over our time frame. We're talking with Robin Chutkin. Dr. Chutkin is a faculty member at Georgetown University Hospital and is the founder of the Digestive Center for Wellness. It's Robin, R-O-B-Y-N-N-E, Robin Chutkin, C-H-U-T-K-N.com for more information. The book, 
the antiviral gut tackling pathogens from the inside out. Robin, thank you very, very much. Fascinating discussion, wanderful book, and um, I'm going to pay more attention to my variety in my fruits and vegetables and spices going forward. Thanks again. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I know you can get up to 30 and beyond. I have 100% confidence in you. Thanks very much, Caitlin. Thank you for engineering. And of course, we are brought to you by LifeFirstNaturals.com and TheGreatAgeReboot.com. Thanks again. We'll be back next week.